Welcome to Dogma, the podcast. It's with me, Mike Graham. And me, Kevin O'Sullivan. It's about his dogs, about my dogs, about your dogs. We'll be doing it every week, occasionally with a celebrity guest. Welcome to the first edition of what I believe is going to be a brilliant podcast called Dogma, and it's all about dogs, and it's with my old friend Kevin O'Sullivan, talk radio fame, formerly of the uh, Sunday Mirror, the Daily Mirror, um, all sorts of other newspapers, outlets that we met for the first time in America. We're going to have loads to talk about, but first of all, Kevin, welcome to Dogma. Uh, This is a, a podcast that we can both claim credit for because we both came up with the idea at the same time. We can indeed. Uh, my wife wants to uh, claim credit for the name Dogma. Well, so, she's very uh, welcome to take some so credit. So we'll pat each other on the back. There will we? be no money uh, changing hands, of course, because oh, that well, would make that it case... uh, very tricky indeed. But but we've both got dogs. Uh, we've visited uh, each other's houses. We've walked on beaches with the dogs together down in Sussex. Your dog's called Chasbo. My dog's called Ziggy. I mean, my dog's got quite a high-profile uh, Twitter account, funnily enough, because uh, uh, he likes to tweet out about whatever it is he's up to. Your dog has also got quite a high profile on on social media because you put out quite a lot of pictures of him and videos of him yeah because uh, ziggy your labrador i think is a which, what, a sort of solid english dog a decent dog very nice uh i would say pretty well behaved and he's a sort of pedigree he's also his father's actually from finland believe it or not right and he's fabulously fabulous company really good fun but but uh chasbo is basically insane. Uh, so <laughs> he's a sort of street kind dog, of isn't he? Street yeah, yeah. Dog. But he's a very beautiful dog, though. He's a good-looking dog. He's a very, very handsome dog. People, you know, people stop him in the streets and say, oh, your dog is so good-looking. I said, yeah, you want it? Um, <laughs> uh, but he does not behave like a good-looking dog. He behaves um, uh, eccentric. I mean, he's, he's, quite, he's quite noisy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, also, he, he does strange things. Well, as you know, you once came over to near where I live in North London, and we went with your lovely daughter Emma to the pub yeah. last Christmas. Yes, um, and was that uh, last I, Christmas? I, Blimey! Yeah, it was. Yeah, mm. it was just before Christmas. I took um, uh, Chasbo with me, and funny enough, another dog, a Labrador friend of mine, uh, my brother's dog, and we sat in the corner of the pub, and some chips came over that we ordered, and Chas. Uh, leapt up, knocked the chips out of the waiter's hands and started to eat them all off the floor. I'd never seen anything like that. I know. Well, you were very surprised because you've never seen anything like it, as you say. The waiter, if you remember, just shrugged his shoulders and walked off because (laughs) Chaz often goes to that pub and he's done that sort of thing hundreds of times. He is known for attacking the food as it arrives at tables, not always our table. So he he can be embarrassing to be around. But as you also know, he's got a a fantastic temperament. He's a lovely dog. And where did you get him from? Because is he a rescue dog? Yeah, he's a rescue dog. It's a... Shaggy dog story, really. Uh, my we got parents. Time. My, my my dad died. Uh, my parents have been together sixty three years, and by wow. bad luck, their dog, Sam, had only died about two months before. So my mother was suddenly all on her own after sixty three years. Mm. Didn't even have a dog. So I said, I'll tell you what, Mum, I'll get you a dog. So uh, we searched rescue centres, uh, rescue dog rescue centre, and we found one. And there was this spaniel. I said, oh, that's a great looking dog. And you wouldn't think that would be a rescue dog, would you? Uh, so we, we basically got it, gave the, the rescue centre 200 quid. Chasbo came back with us. Um, we kept the name. We, we, it was actually called Chaz, but mm. we added the Chasbo so it rhymes with Asbo, which is appropriate. <laughs> uh, anti-social behaviour. Yeah. Um, and I got my mother over 
uh, to say, look, this is we've got you this dog. <laughs> Chas by them was hurtling around the house, no. biting furniture, n- destroying things, howling like a lunatic. <laughs> My mother just said to me, she said, darling, I, I, I'm 80, 83 years old. I don't think I can look after this dog. So I said, uh, that's all right, mum. In 15 years' time, we'll never know the difference. <laughs> so that's why we have Chaz. Right. And I guess it's difficult, isn't it, for older people? Because a dog like that's got very uh, bundles of energy and he probably needs quite a bit of walking, I imagine. Yeah, he, he, they, they say spaniels, it's a cocker spaniel, need, need 10 times more walking than other dogs because they've got so much energy. I should say that the reason it ended up at the rescue centre was that this young couple uh, claimed that the wife, uh, they'd had Chaz for six months, they claimed that the wife uh, had, had sadly contracted cancer mm. and therefore they had to get rid of Chaz. For, I mean, I don't mean to sound cruel and cynical, but when we got hold of Chaz and he was such a lunatic, <laughs> we came to be very suspicious about why this couple really got rid of Chaz. We think they couldn't handle him. And actually, all you really need, even with a crazy dog like Chaz, is once they start feeling uh, safe mm. uh, and loved, you'll find their behaviour gets a lot better. But uh, Chaz still uh, is very capable of going way over the top quite often. But I've also seen him, I mean, because we've all been working in very bizarre different ways. I mean, you and I are not sitting in the same room doing this, for example. You're, yeah, you're sure. in your place, I'm in the office, and so we're recording it um, here. And we're going to be doing one of these a week, uh, talking yep. not just about our dogs, but talking about other people's dogs as well. We might even interview some other people who have got dogs. James Whale famously is a big dog um, yeah, man. Yeah. And you hear his dogs every night between 7 and 10, doing all manner of different things on talk radio but i saw you they're on his show more than he is yeah but i but i saw but i saw you actually one night or one afternoon i think it might have been um before you got the saturday show that you do now um and chasbro was sitting very patiently at your feet as it were um absolutely calm completely and utterly relaxed have you found that he's got a bit better since you've been around more well he's like eight years old now so mm. if anything he has calmed down a little and a lot of people including you did comment on that video yeah they said what's Chaz doing I've never seen him so calm and Mm. relaxed he actually is quite often like that Uh, had a motorbike have driven past while I was making that video (laughs) trust me all hell would have broken is he he a chaser then or is he a chaser uh, he hates motorbikes hates cats hates foxes he hates basically a whole range of things and when he sees them he goes utterly berserk right. uh, so luckily a motorbike didn't come past when I was making that video but uh, it wouldn't have been a very good video no well, it would have been an interesting video if a that's brilliant isn't it was. because I mean Ziggy is the same I mean he's luckily got quite a big garden I haven't actually been with him for about five or six weeks now which which is a terrible shame but he recognizes my face when I talk to him on FaceTime and he recognizes my voice and his, his tail wags when he hears it and all of that but I mean, I was I was talking to the mother of my children the other day, and she said, actually, I think even the dog's now fed up with lockdown. He's looking at us like, you know, why don't you lot just get lost so that I can start licking my paws again without you telling me off? Because he's used to normally having the house to himself for at least a couple of hours a day if she went to the gym and they were at school or she went shopping or something. But now there's somebody there all the time, and I think he's getting quite fed up with it. Well, we used to have another dog. We used to have two dogs. Yeah. We used to have Chaz and our late, uh, much-loved dog, Dottie. Yes. And uh, when not, both of them hated it when we when we left to go out for the evening for dinner or whatever. And they would make this kind of cacophonous fuss, you know, rah, 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 sort of pinning themselves mm. to the front door between us and, their, and the door. Trying to so block your way. Get out. Yeah. Don't leave. Don't leave. 
and then then what we do is we, we, we'd leave the house uh, and shut the door walk 10 yards up the road and then sneak back and the house has fallen into complete silence <laughs> so all they're doing is trying it on yeah ah oh, they're gone yeah oh, well, Ziggy well, has this look that he, that he works up where he still stands at the kitchen window as you're walking out just giving you the sad eyes like you know how am I ever going to get by without you yeah. and yeah. then and then when he was younger you'd come back and he'd have chewed half the skirting board off just because he wanted to because we even tried at one point they said oh here's the thing just put some Tabasco down on the skirting board and he'll stop eating it because when Labradors are little they chew everything I mean, to swallow socks on a regular basis and you really didn't want to see it coming out the other end but it was the only way to get it out you know it was absolutely horrendous you just have to throw it away there was no way don't wear them again you know don't put that in the washing machine it will break it you know um um and uh he would even with tabasco on on the skirting board he was still chewing it you know when he was a puppy because that's what they want to do they just want to chew absolutely everything yeah, Tabasco, great, love it. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> because he also, I mean, he will literally eat anything. I mean, if you drop any food, it's gone. I mean, once we went uh, on a trip with the kids and we, we put him in a kennel because we couldn't bring him to centre parks. And you get used to this thing where if you're cooking and you spill something or you drop some something, you cut the bread, you don't bother because the dog's there basically licking everything up. And so anything that falls on the ground, he's cleaning it. And suddenly we realised after a couple of days there, we had quite a lot of bits of food on the floor because we weren't bothering to pick it up. So, I mean, there are some great advantages to having a Labrador that basically eats everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think going back to the lockdown, I think Chasbo is very, very keen on the lockdown. Loves mm. it, you know, because he. Although I don't, he, he does make a fuss when we leave. Uh, it's not as bad as when we had two dogs, so right. they're not partners in crime. Anymore. And was the other one a rescue as well? Yeah, yeah, Dottie was a rescue. Um, uh, lovely dog uh she sadly died when she was only 10 oh, that's so that's a a couple, that was a couple of years ago and chasbo and dotty were like as i say partners in crime a little double act that used to bully us basically yeah and so chasbo um, does chasbo miss dotty would you say do you know what <laughs> henrietta uh my wife uh in my view fantasized that uh, Chaz was very upset now that dotty wasn't around mm. and had fallen in, into a deep depression i don't think he did <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he particularly knows. Oh, well, where's that other dog then? Yeah. You know, it's just carried on. But that's the other thing about them, isn't it? They, I mean, Ziggy has this terrible kind of habit. You put him in the car during particular times, and if he's not sure where he's going, and we'll often be driving him to the beach or to the woods or whatever, but there are occasional times when you're taking him somewhere to spend, to spend the week or to spend, if we're going to go on holiday, you yeah. know, we normally take him back. We got him from a breeder up in Uxbridge, so it's quite oh, a long okay. drive to go all the way up there. Um but if you, but sometimes when I'm driving him to the beach, he'll just start whining and whimpering in the back. Because you know, we just shut up. We just go to the beach, you know. No matter how many times well, he, he thinks that you're taking thinks, him away for the week. he thinks we're taking him to the kennel, and he'll just start <laughs> whining and crying. And and he's such a baby, you know. And he's now six years old, so he's actually finally matured because it took him until he was about five before yeah. he would just stop chasing everything. I mean, we take him down to the. He was never very good at obedience school. Uh, we took him there for the first uh, few you know, lessons and basically even they'd given up on him. They were like, this dog, you're never going to get this dog to do what he's told him. One of the great moments was when I was walking him up towards the, the high street uh, down in the village where we live and there's a scout's hut or, or a hall which is used by the scouts and unfortunately I hadn't got him on the lead because I hadn't put it on him yet. We weren't quite reaching the town and they'd left the door open and he, of course he bolted in there um, and all these kids were standing around trying to do whatever it is they do, you know, ging gang, gooly gooly, whatever. Um, and he just started running at high speed round and round and round and round in a circle uh, inside this really quite small hall. 
and the kids were jumping out of the way and the scoutmaster was trying to catch him. And I'm, I was just standing there like going, I'm really sorry. I mean, have you got any food? And they were like, no. I'm like, okay, come on. And eventually I got him out. But it's, things like that used to happen all the time. I'll tell you something about uh, dogs actually fundamentally being uh, lovely creatures, being good natured mm. creatures. You're talking about Ziggy crying in the back of the car then. And there's this thing that Chaz does that, that I just keep meaning to get on film. Uh, so, you know, those charity adverts that you have on the telly when there's kids crying all yeah. the time because they're starving. Right. It doesn't have to be those adverts, but th those are the ones usually. As soon as he he hears a baby crying on the telly, he starts crying. Really? Yeah. Now, if I could get catch that on film, that, that would go viral, wouldn't it? That's amazing, yeah, because, of course, some dogs will start howling, won't they, when you, when you, if you start singing or something. Does he yeah. do any of that? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We keep trying to get Ziggy to do that, but he hasn't ever done it. Yeah, I think with Chaz crying at the kids crying, it literally is sort of cross-species empathy, which yeah. is extraordinary, really. Well, I think they are amazing creatures because they, oh, they, they're so... Um, good at picking your your sort of your 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 mood. You know, if they think that, if, and particularly with the kids, if they think one of the kids is upset, you know, he's really good at just going up to them and just sitting next to them and, and being really empathetic. And he does it even with me if he thinks that I'm annoyed. He doesn't like me shouting. Funnily enough, I had to have we had to have a um, a sort of a family meeting, which is what we occasionally call when there's a sort of mini crisis. They all they were all rowing with each other down in Sussex. So I said, right, like dad's gonna... drunk again. Something yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah. So but I was in so I was in London. And I said, right, we're all going to crowd around uh, the FaceTime phone and I'm going to be talking to all of you and I'm going to be giving you your orders for what you do for the next week. You know, these are, you know, kids not doing enough uh, around the house, you know, their mother just getting angry with them, not getting out of bed, all of that. And Ziggy was also there. He was on the floor just sitting there. And as I got more and more sort of animated, this is what he does when he hears, when I raise my voice, he just got up and walked out because <laughs> he just doesn't like it when Foting I raise him. with his feet. Yeah, it was just like, oh, I've had enough of this shit, you know. And, and off he went. And we just all started falling about laughing. So it's very hard to be angry with the dog for any length of time. I mean, even when we used to be angry with him when he was a puppy because he, he literally wouldn't do what he was told ever. And it would constantly run off and jump up on people. And he's a big dog, you know. And we'd be like, God, help, help us, you know. We, we mustn't let him, like, jump on that old lady. He's going to knock her over. Um, but yeah, he's very... just—he's just got this great ability to kind of raise the the, the sort of the raise, make you into a better person, if you like. Yeah, they are emotionally intelligent. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They understand when you're upset. They understand when you're happy. Um, I, I, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had Ricky Gervais on my yeah. show. Uh, well, in fact, that was dog. the inspiration for this whole podcast this, idea because this, I listened uh, do for dogma. Yeah. yeah, I listened to your conversation with him, which was re really all about dogs, and I thought this is great. I mean, people would really like to hear this kind of conversation. But you know that the Afterlife, but uh, both series one and series two, is basically about a guy, uh, his char Ricky's character Tony, who comes very close to suicide, and he's a fa in fact right on the point of doing mm. it. Bottle of pills in hands, ready to. Uh, tip them into his mouth and die and the dog comes up panting it wants to be fed right uh, and I, he said so, so the character didn't commit suicide because he had to feed the dog right. and I said to Ricky well it's more than that isn't it though in the end you look at those dogs and you think that dog's going to be heartbroken if I go. Yeah. So you stick around because you don't want to upset the dog. So there's something fantastic about that. Mm. There really is. And what about the, the food situation? What do you feed Chasbo? Is he a dog that likes to eat sort of more or less anything? Uh, well, he, he's, he's definitely a dog that likes to eat 
absolutely anything in his view the world is the wrong way around most of the world is outside of his mouth he thinks it should be inside his mouth <laughs> that's the other great uh, thing i mean i know that uh, you know i've got nothing against vegetarians as, as, as indeed neither do you but dogs are just the the ultimate kind of omnivore aren't they oh yeah definitely they don't eat anything but he, to go back to what he eats uh, henrietta you know cook cooks up sort of cordon bleu dishes for him i mean we do have a thing we, we buy uh, uh this well can i mention the brand yeah what i think so the li lilies is uh um organic uh dog mm. in tins it's made around here actually it's much more expensive but much more healthy right and it does sort of various flavors called like chicken dinner sunday roast special breakfast all that stuff yeah. but mostly so we have that as a backdrop but mostly uh henrietta cooks up uh, sort of fresh chicken <laughs> i once went to, she said i was down the supermarket you know in the days before lockdown mm. when life was normal um i went down to the supermarket and she said oh can you get Chaz some uh chicken mm. so we th this led to a massive I, I i i assure you a massive stand-up marriage-breaking <laughs> row because i came back with uh you know a bag of chicken you right know, chicken bits you know chopped up chicken right. that people use in stews and it wasn't organic it was the normal type she right. said that, that's that's not free range i said well no it's battery chicken i said it's, 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 it's just, i said well it's for the dog she goes well it's not organic <laughs> i said yeah I know, I know it's for the dog right she goes you can't give that and it, i said that was so stupid it's just a dog and in, in the and when i by the way I, I never mean just a dog right but we had this massive massive round and uh, suffice to say now every time i bring chicken back from the supermarket for chairs cost about seven quid yes for about oh i know ounces. absolutely ridiculous well we had the same thing with ziggy because he did have this problem with his paws because he would lick his paws and after a while we tried all sorts of we tried putting things on the paws that didn't really work Try, we wondered if it was something to do with his temperament it wasn't anything to do with that and eventually um, after a few kind of visits to the vets at great expense they said well maybe he's allergic to something and he's got this kind of allergy it could be yeah. a wheat allergy it could be an allergy that's related to hay fever and I'm going you know so what so now we have to you know enter onto this long very expensive journey of sort of allergy testing and of course you know uh, the, the the mother of my kids is going well I think we probably should uh, take him to the allergy doctor and give him the uh, give him the various you know stress tests to see what it I said yeah but it's 300 quid and at the end they might not be able to tell you anything so I said I'd rather not do that so instead we put him on a kind of a more healthy diet he used yeah. to eat uh, that royal cannon type stuff right, right? which yeah. was very good and not that cheap. You'd, I'd buy a big sack of it for about 50 quid, you know, and somehow I always had to buy it and put it in the back of the car. Uh, apparently you can't get it in Sussex, so I'm the only guy okay. that could afford to buy it. Um, no, it's just because she doesn't want to spend the money. And so in, the, so in the end, we put him on a sort of chicken and rice diet, so he doesn't have any... Um, says I think it's a gluten-free diet he's on now, right. and actually it has. I mean, I've got I've got a dog that's. Does it work though? Does it work? Well, it seems to have done because he's now his oh. his paws are a lot better, um, and he seems to be a lot less kind of fidgety, and he doesn't uh, you know lick himself as much as he used to do, but uh, but also I mean he, he just seems a lot happier you know, and and he I mean, we'll give him a bit of scrambled egg sometimes in the morning. Uh, he'll have a raw carrot from time to time, and he eats very very well. In fact, sometimes I look at what I'm giving him uh, for dinner at night, and he's eating better than he's been better than I am. Chaz has some. I have to get his, his sort of Tupperware uh, container of 
food out and I opened it up to feed him. I thought, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. We've also yeah. taken him to the drive-thru at McDonald's and got him a cheeseburger. I mean, we've had we've had that experience as well. I don't know whether you've ever done that, but we used to we used to just sit in the back drooling. And I mean, all of my all of the cars that I've ever had are all covered into the dog drool. When I say that, I have to sort of steam clean them before I give them back, because he just sits in the back drooling over the over the McDonald's. So eventually, one time, I was just like, let's just get him a cheeseburger and give it to him to eat. <laughs> Put it, wolfed it down in one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, talking of uh, pampered pooches or what non-dog owners would think are ridiculously pampered pooches, going back to our other dog, Dottie, yeah. uh, she was very, very badly treated uh, before she ended That's up. awful, isn't it? When you, I, I don't even like to think about what people I'll could, tell you, Mike, could she be had, doing She that. had cigarette burns. Oh, my God. She had a bad back and everything. Uh, but she became a lovely dog, mm. uh, really, really eccentric, yeah. but not lovely. I didn't uh, really know her too well, I don't think, because I don't think we, 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 no, we didn't really it was, see each other about, I mean, she, she, she died a couple of years ago. Right. And, um, I don't think... I remember seeing pictures with, of her in videos and stuff, but I'm not sure if yeah, I ever no, met her. She was, she was a great dog, but because uh, she, she had a bad back, mm. um, we used to have a, a, a canine... Uh, acupuncturist came around once really? <laughs> about 75 quid right. and the dog would lie there while this guy <laughs> put pins in back <laughs> I would just she's probably, really, she's probably going, this is going I prefer the cigarette birds <laughs> <laughs> I know dog loved it absolutely yeah. loved it it's amazing well you can find all these things I mean you can, it's sort of a good sign that you're making too much money when you start getting the you know, dog, dog psychiatrist in or the you know the dog um, uh, yoga person in or the dog massager in but I mean I, that's one of the other bugbears as well if you're a dog owner is the vet because I have no idea oh come on you know what uh, the vets you know, are doing license right? to print money yeah well we had to last time we took Ziggy to the vet it was because um we dropped a piece of chicken on the floor which was on the bone and normally what we do is we take it off the bone for him because he has no clue about what what he's not supposed to eat so he'll eat the, the whole, whole thing. thing with the bone yeah so he ate the whole thing with the bone and then he, he started doing that kind of weird coughing and nobody was quite mm-hmm. sure and so eventually you know, we thought well, we'd better take him to the vet we think he's got a bit of chicken bone stuck in his throat or something like yeah. that um and of course uh, they went up there they said well we'll have to x-ray him we can't really see anything without x-raying him so that was 200 quid and then uh, they decided they'd have to have another sort of look around and poke about with a camera. That was another 75. Anyway, 350 quid later, they came out and said, we can't find the chicken bone. <laughs> and they were like, we think he might have a chest infection. And I'm going, well, what has he got, COVID? You know, what's going on? How do we know what he's got? <laughs> and, I mean, they literally could say anything. And so they gave us some antibiotics for the dog to take, which obviously we had to hide in his food. And that was another 50 quid. So, I mean, the whole, the, the whole day ended up costing not far of 500 notes. And yeah, I'm vets. pretty sure there was nothing wrong with him. No, vets, I mean, <laughs> to be fair to vets, I mean, well, they're, they're going to lose a lot of money mm. the day we teach dogs and pets, in fact, to talk. Yes. Uh, so they can say what's wrong with them. But to be fair to vets, I mean, what can they say? You bring a dog in and you say, say look, this dog seems to be very ill, it's coughing or is lethargic or whatever. Yeah. They, they, they have to go, well, we have to x-ray. And then when they X-ray, that's I think it's usually about two hundred quid, isn't it, for the X-ray? Uh, yeah, minimum. I mean, that's the starting it, price. Yeah, then they find out what's wrong with it, mm. and the pills are going to be usually about another hundred quid. I mean, vets are rich people. I they tell are. You. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, as part of the sort of trying to work out what he was allergic to or not allergic to, we had him on a course of pills, I think, which were about ninety quid a month. And in the end, they we didn't we couldn't really tell whether they were working or not because. They were like, well, you'll probably have to take them for about two years before you see any benefit. And again, I'm saying, well, how do, how do we know that? They might just be saying that so they get two years worth of 90 quid a month out of us. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about how expensive dogs can be. And by mm. the way, you know, we're dog lovers, we're dog owners. 
we don't we don't care actually we don't find it surprising that you spend money on your dog non-dog lovers think oh he's wasting all the money but yeah. they're like a member of the family yeah you know they're the, they're the same honestly they're the same as the human members of, of the course family. i mean you wouldn't um, not take your children to the doctor on the, on the basis no, that it might exactly, cost you a few bob exactly and you care for them and you don't want them to be in distress anyway yeah. so one time uh henrietta takes Chaz out for a walk on hampstead heath uh, comes back. The dog is quite clearly something's not mm. quite right. Yes, you, know, you can always tell, can't you? He's agitated, mm. and then he's crying, and uh, nothing. There was definitely something wrong. Right. So Henry just said, "We're gonna have to get this dog down to the vet." So I said, "All right." Then, you know. So we take the dog down to the vet. Um, the X-ray, of course, and they go, "Oh, uh, he's uh, got a peach stone blocked in oh, his yeah. digestive system." Right. Uh, so they said, "There's a, we have to operate mm. right now." So it was. It turned out to be the um, four and a half thousand pound walk. Oh my God! Uh, so it's four and a half thousand quid. And have you got operation. insurance or anything? No. Well, yeah, we had insurance because Henrietta six months before said to me, "That's when we had both the dogs." Yeah. She said, "You know, we've been spending like fifty quid a month on insurance. I found this brilliant new scheme with this new company. It's brilliant. I can get both dogs on on insurance, and it only comes to twenty quid a month for two dogs." I said, "Great, mm. great." Do that, do that, brilliant. So when uh, we took Chaz down for this four and a half thousand quid operation, <coughs> I obviously had to pay for it, then claim back. Right. Uh, and there's the vets, to be fair, they'll do the claiming for you, you just sign it. So it goes, <laughs> our claim goes in for the four and a half thousand quid. Uh, I got uh, 400 quid. <laughs> Because the reason the reason that the premiums have been so low was that uh, we had uh, a maximum of four hundred quid. We could get back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the, why it was but cheap. Just remind us to read the small print. But I mean, there so, are so, people who also say you're better off actually because they've got so many different rules and regulations that you're better off actually putting, say, if whatever it is, forty quid a, a month away into a bank account separately. Yes. And then if something does happen, you've actually got the money rather than having to go through the rigmarole of trying to claim something yeah, and not getting it. Yeah, because the yeah, because the problems are not likely to crop up until right. they're older. Yeah. And once they get older, that's when they start racking up the insurance. Right. And it is, it is a, a you know, it's a, a seller's market like, like everything else. Well, listen, I, I think this has been a pretty interesting first uh, first podcast, Kevin. I think uh, we got loads. I mean, I haven't even told you half the stories I've got about Ziggy. I've got, got loads more. And I've, I've got, got loads Yeah, up. and I've got another dog to tell you about that I used to have when I was married, living in Wiltshire. Um, who was another amazing dog that was meant to be a Labrador but wasn't. We'll get into that. Um, and, of course, uh, we might have the odd guest coming up in the future as well, mightn't we? Good. Yeah, indeed. I've, now, I, just to um, tee up the listeners, I, I've, um, I will tell on our next uh, podcast, Dogma, uh, the story of our Los Angeles dog, the one that was rescued after the 1994 earthquake. It's an extraordinary story. <laughs> We'll be back next week with some more dog stories, shaggy dog stories and just general dog stories. But uh, if you've got any questions for us, well, we've got a new Twitter account that you can post the questions on. Kevin, tell them what it is. At Dogma the Podcast. <laughs>